Big Conversations Little Bar with your hosts Randy Florence and Patrick Evans, featuring candid conversations with the Coachella Valley's most interesting and influential people. Pull up a bar stool and enjoy Big Conversations Little Bar. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Big Conversations Little Bar, broadcasting from the center of the universe, Skip Page's Little Bar in Palm Desert, California. Small place, big deck, great place to come and get a it's the best $9 cheeseburger in the Coachella Valley. Uh, I am here. My name is Patrick Evans. My partner in crime is Mr. Randy Florence. And I didn't mean to cast dispersions on you. I know you were a mortgage banker, but that doesn't necessarily mean you were a criminal. Doesn't necessarily mean that I wasn't a criminal. I think it's like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> it, it, At this in the point, box. I could have been either a criminal or not a criminal. Okay. I'm glad that Good we Good to ha- see you, Patrick. Thanks for <laughs> bringing all that up. Plausible deniability, baby. That's what it's all about. In this episode, I'm really excited because uh, our guest, uh, you might know her as DJ Mod Girl, uh, and Kelly McQuinn, she came here to the Coachella Valley and, and honestly... Kelly, you've taken the valley by storm. You're kind of the it girl of Palm Springs, and you've managed to do this. How long have you been in the valley now? Well, it'll be six years this coming Memorial Day weekend. So You have you, you blew into the valley, and you left no stone unturned, but you really found this niche with DJ Mod Girl, and I want to kind of dive into that a little deeper as we go through uh, the, the the broadcast, the podcast here. Uh, but tell me what brought you to, Co- to the Coachella Valley in the first place. Well, my grandfather moved here in the 80s. I'm just an apple off of his tree. He was my best friend and soulmate. Interesting story. When he was a kid, you know, he, he was born in 1920 and raised during the Depression, really poor, in New Jersey. We're from New Jersey. and All the best people are. Right? Damn. Talking to a Jersey boy right now. Um, and he, would, he and his cronies would sneak in to watch a very, very young Frank Sinatra, skinny kid with a bow tie, rehearse with the Jimmy and Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. Wow. Get out. That's very and cool. That one, is awesome. And he'd hide, they'd hide in the rafters. And one day... They got caught and they got kicked out. And he was so embarrassed that he declared, one day I'm going to have enough money to buy me and a date, a ticket to actually see the show. Well, not only did he, he ended up moving to Palm Springs and buying Tommy Dorsey's house. Oh, my gosh. In old Las Palmas. Full circle. And (laughs) on the walls in the den were Tommy's original handwritten sheet music as wallpaper. So I had been coming out since I was a kid. I remember when, like, spring break, I certainly got an education during that time. Um, And then I lived in L.A. My mom moved here. I would just come and visit them for the day. And uh, six years ago, I my mother had some health issues, and I was coming out to help her, and never left. So, yeah. what were you doing when you were visiting here? What were the things that kept you entertained? You know, I would ju- I would just come in and out. I couldn't. I lived in Venice Beach, and couldn't wait to get back to the beach. I didn't quite understand this hot desert. Right. And there wasn't, it would, you know, the renaissance of Palm Springs hadn't happened yet. It went through a little bit of a downturn. It's gone through several over the years. There have been, you know, 
like Mr. Sinatra sings, I've been up and down and over and out, and Palm <laughs> Springs is, is similar. He also sang Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. He did. He barks at the end of it like a hound dog. I just have to bring that up at every episode. My favorite thing. But he did it his way. Oh, yeah. My way. We've, we've no, gone. his way. Thank you for joining us. This wraps up today. I mean, like, I don't know where else we go for. No. Uh, so you, you did, but what then, so what triggered it? You weren't sure. You kept wanting to get back to the beach. Something had to kind of click with you. You just said, wait a minute. If I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. There, <laughs> yeah, that to. was exactly. <laughs> it's up to you, Palm Springs, Palm Springs. I sense a theme. I sense a theme, and I think you took us to it. Yeah. Um, well, I was uh, show running a television show, a kids show, and that had concluded and I was kind of at a, an interesting crossroads where I was a little exhausted and burned out from, you know, all of the children's programming that I spent decades doing and uh, ready for just a reboot. So I thought I'd come out here. I thought I would be here for a year, hang out with my mom, wear a muumu, start that memoir, and uh, none of that happened. I had no idea that I would be <laughs> in the middle of the most amazing community filled with people who are so welcoming. The parties, and there are so many parties, and you get so dressed up, and everyone's so authentically interested in you. I mean, hello, I haven't met you. Who are you? It's genuine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just warmly embraced right from the start. In fact, my very first day, I signed a, a lease, uh, a rental, not knowing what I was doing. There was no plan. This was extremely impulsive. And my mom took me to a cocktail party, and this gentleman came up to me. He saw my name tag, and he said, Kelly McQuinn, I was just talking about you. And I said, uh, I don't think you were, sir, because uh, nobody knows me here. And he said, well, yes, we were. I am the president of Palm Springs Women in Film, and we just declared that you're getting the Broken Glass Rising Star Award. Was that Mitch Blumberg? It sure was. Yep. And my mom is sitting there like, you little bitch, <laughs> you've been here for 15 minutes and I've been here for 15 years and you're getting an award. And I've got to say, it's just been, <laughs> I had no idea that this place was so special. This place is a place where a lot of people come, as you say, to the reboot, kind of to reinvent oneself. And it's a very healing place. So it is. You kind of come from, and it gives you an opportunity to clean the slate. And, and you've kind of done that. Like, you have totally reimagined your life. And I think particularly with this DJ Mod Girl, and I don't know if you view that as a persona or just a part of you or, or an extension, but that's caught fire. Well, you know, you say about reinventing yourself, and I think there's some truth to that, but it also... There's an element that sounds slightly shady about that. I think it's really about rediscovering yourself. And here, you can really be your authentic, genuine self. You can live out loud. And instead of people eyeing you up and down and judging you, they're saying, you go, girl. Yeah, that's so true about this area. You know, yeah. and even with the guys, they're like, you go, girl. And um, and so with Mod Girl is really an extension. It's an extension of my previous work with Kid Tribe and the kids. To me, music 
and dancing and movement and having a shared experience and me sharing who I genuinely am and what I genuinely love, when that takes over, uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, people have really responded to it, and I feel extremely lucky. But you are working your ass off. Yeah. Uh, today will be my 97th gig this calendar year, and it's April oh my what? Gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I emcee or do a fair number of events with local charities, and you and I should carpool because you're virtually at every one of them. I know, but I think you live on the other side of town. <laughs> can, I just, can I just share, though, when I first met you? So this is when I first got here. It w- must have been my first week. And, you know, having come from that jazz background and a lover of Keely Smith and Louis Prima and all things Rat Pack and classic jazz, I, of course, went to Melvin's. <laughs> and I'm sitting next to some guy who's talking to me and he gets up and he sings Summer Wind. And then he tells me that he works with the news. And I went home and I was like, this is so cool. I met the guy on the news. So many people have fallen for that. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard Patrick sing Summer Wind? I have. It's pretty good. Yeah, He's excellent at it. He is. I I want to, I'm always amazed, Patrick knows this, that the things have come together in the universe that have now had, we're sitting across from a table here. I just think that's amazing. Come from completely different backgrounds. You've done amazingly creative things, even though you kind of rediscovered yourself. But through your life, you've been pretty creative. Where did that come from? Well, I was born into a very creative household. My mom was a musical theater director. In fact, rumor has it that uh, I was in her stomach when she was directing Guys and Dolls. And every time she rehearsed Sit Down, You're Rockin' the Boat, apparently she literally had to sit down because I was doing triple time tap in rhythm, mind you, in her stomach. Uh, And so I grew up with a dance studio in my home. And my bedroom was right over it. I can only tell you how old I was by what play my mom was doing. <laughs> the Rogers and so Hammerstein cool. years were great. You know, things kind of, the wheels fell off the bus by the time we got to the Fosse place. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know, and so I... How old are you, Bob Fosse? <laughs> right. I, um, so, so, yeah, I grew up with music... And dance, honestly, being my first language. So this podcast started out ostensibly as sort of a conversation about music and the music that is important in people's lives. We kind of morphed it more into just a conversation, but we like to go back to that. So tell us a little bit about, is it a, is it a performer? Is it a band? Is it a lyric? Is it a song? What, what music really resonates with you? You play all kinds of music as DJ Mod Girl, but there's got to be kind of your wheelhouse, your home base. What is it that really speaks to you? Well, I think the beauty of music is that it can speak to all the different parts of yourself. So I come talking in present tense. I come to music by way of being a dancer. So to me, it's got to have a great bass line. Mm -hmm. And that can mean it's soul and Motown. That can mean it's disco. And that can mean that it's house. I love house music. I do, I do, I do. And I love to mix it. But as a DJ, 
I also love the outcome of music. So even if it's not what I would listen to on my Spotify playlist, I love the outcome of how people respond to it. So I kind of traverse that realm. I love musical theater. I love, uh, I love classic jazz. I think if I was stuck on an island and I could only listen to one kind of music, I think it would be the good old 1940s classic jazz. Mm. I really do. Now we've reached the point where our guests are asking their own questions. Yeah, that's we're, right. We're becoming totally, totally got irrelevant. A, it got a lot more interesting, too. Yeah, it did. You uh, know, in fact, I've developed <laughs> a new issue called Jazz. I've named it Jazz Thumb. It comes from snapping too much. <laughs> like, really? Instead I've of jazz to, fingers. I've had to, <laughs> instead of jazz hands, yeah. I've had to learn how to snap with my other hand so i'm ampidextrous with the are you catching that that's good <laughs> yeah those are both that's both hands all right you mentioned your spotify list give me like the top three artists on your Spotify. oh i list. hate this question because now i can't think of anybody <laughs> i love i love really great house music okay. so i like you know is David that what you Penn. listen to when you're driving around yeah and also um more on the down tempo um, deep house and you know there's something that I love when I'm driving I love about like sad chords with a thumping beat that just uh, you know and a, and a beautiful haunting melody and it just lifts your it, it lifts your heart have in you that got an example of something like that mm. if I asked you for, to play something like that what would you put on um Oh my God. Can you not ask me specific questions like that? Because then I feel like I'm in the, being interrogated by the FBI and I draw a complete blank. Should we turn this light <laughs> off? Yeah. Yes, I'm please. Sorry. Where were you the night of January 21st? <laughs> well, then let's try this. Okay. You were referred to as a genre chameleon. Uh-huh. In, in, in some article that I read. Is that an accurate description? Yeah. So you can, you can kind of move to the, to the crowd? Oh, Yeah. Well, I think you ha with DJ Mod Girl, you have to. I mean, you did all a lot of the parties for, for Modernism Week. Mm -hmm. And so that's a certain era. It sure and is. A very specific playlist. And you look the part. I mean, you, it's you the always... the Keely Smith haircut. <laughs> it's the Keely Smith haircut. Uh, and I knew Keely Smith. Keely Smith I met her, too, several she, times, and I have a lot of her clothes. She used to... Really? She, she yeah. used to come up, at, uh, come up to me at Jerry uh, Jerryville's uh, birthday party and pinch my ass. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. She, she says, well, you used to live in Virginia. She never remembered my name, but she knew where I, where I lived, and she would pinch my ass. Well, interesting. I uh, was doing a HR. Um, I was doing a... <laughs> I want to report Keely Smith. Yeah, exactly. I was doing... I was singing her famed... Her rendition of her fame song, Palm Springs Jump, at right. a Modernism Week event. And Keely's former manager walked in and just burst out crying. Oh. She thought she saw a ghost. That's crazy. That's an incredible compliment. I know. But you go from that to, to lots of different kinds of parties and different events, and, and you have to look the part and play the part. So. It's all about the outfit, Patrick. You should see my closet. When I <laughs> bought my condo, I said, 
I don't want guests. Guests schmests. I'm going full <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw on this situation. <laughs> and my entire guest room is my closet, That's and awesome. I've outgrown it. Oh man! I need to buy the condo next door. All right. Well, now you're the uh, the the model and uh, the spokes model. The I don't speak. Okay, the model <laughs> for revivals. Yeah, well, they have come on as sponsors for my K-Gay Sunday Tea Dance radio mm-hmm. show. So and I want to just give a shout out to Brad Fewer, uh, the guy who runs K-Gay. Amazing. He's a terrific guy. He does, Visionary. Uh, Palm Springs Gay Desert Guide. And um, he snatched you up, which was a smart move on his part. Yeah, I think we snatched each other. <laughs> I told him I wasn't going to stop pestering him, basically. Um, you know, you should really interview him. What a legacy. That's I could a great go on idea. and on about. Write that down. Yeah. Sidekick. So, do I get some. <laughs> some producing credit here yeah yes, absolutely okay. <laughs> actually you may be the co-host next week. okay good <laughs> great because you know i got my eye on patrick's job uh, you got to raise the bar so we a have like, yeah seriously just, you should be more ambitious than i just that. want to apologize to all the listeners because if you're tracking this we have four unanswered trains of thought going i wasn't tracking it okay so. clearly bring us back <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I want specific questions All right, about we have genre. Com- yeah, I've skipped that. That's off. That's skip. So, turn um, the page. I, I turn that page. Skip A tribute to our host, page. Skip yeah, Page. Thank you very much. Oh, wait. Nice one. Thank Gratuitous you. promotion, but, you know, he's a nice guy and he lets he us is. take up this booth. I mean, he could be selling cheeseburgers and drinks, and instead, he's letting us do this. Yeah. Sure. So back to your music. Yeah. <laughs> Being a genre chameleon, it's really about serving it's about serving the experience. So yeah, it's it's music driven, but it's the experience that people are having with music as a conduit. And one of the things I really love about Palm Springs and about Modernism Week in particular is this ability to time travel via a themed event and the outfits and the music and the whole thing. I had a, an experience this last Modernism Week where we had this mod men, ma- Mad Men event um, up on the rooftop of the Flannery Exchange. Everyone came dressed to the nines in the wiggle dresses and the, you know, it was just amazing. And I'm playing all that classic good music and of course, you know, as as per usual, a dance party ensued, and I just went for it with all my favorite swing songs. And there was a moment where we morphed into another time because we're up elevated, so all you could see were the mountains and the palm trees and the moon and what's now the you know the steeple for the hospital, but it was the old El uh, Lidor, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so there were no cars of today or nothing that would remind us of today and we went into a trance and then we kind of all came out of it at the same time it was really interesting uh you know or being able to throw down some classic disco songs at the modernism week studio 54 party and then turn around and next thing i know i mean this can all happen in the same day mind you next thing i know now i'm in a tiki dress playing some like exotica and captain's hat with yacht rock it does it would be a little easier if i was just in one lane and played that one kind of music but i love the variety and i love jumping into these 
all of these entire ways of life and these you know different generations and everything do you do you move into almost feel like you move into a character depending on what you're playing or do you pretty much stay on that mod girl well i mean mod girl is me you know it's kind of my look yeah and i wouldn't say it's a character um i just get into the music and get into seeing people you know saying hello with with a smile and you know and and moving and uh just connecting with the with the audience one of the things that i really admire about what you have watched at different events and i think it's the key to being a great dj and we were just coming off the festival where we had lots of really great DJs. Uh, but the ability to read the room and know what song to play next. And like when I have a party at my house, I always end up leaning towards stuff I want to hear. How do you read the room? What what are the clues that you get so that you because you always seem to do it pretty seamlessly? Well, thank you. Um, you know, the first thing I do, and this might sound kind of wacky, is I just connect with myself, and I and I and I realize I'm being of service. Um, you know, I'm being of service, and then I I ask to like trust my own instincts because it's a lot of pressure when you have a dance floor that your next move could make or break the party. <laughs> the party. You'll be the one that I plays mean, the song yeah. that everybody goes home to. Yeah. But it's really fun to play a song that then everybody comes Jumps back. Jumps on the floor. You know? Yeah. Um, and I've become quite adept at moving in and out of genres. And, you know, when you're mixing old school tracks that haven't been quantized, that are different levels, and, you know, we're we're talking about real drummers, many of whom were not sober when they were drumming. <laughs> um, this is not an exact beat matching science. So you've got to get tricky with the transitions. And, and again, it's about being of service to the guests, to the experience, to the event, and not about being in my own inner critic in my own head. Um, you know, that's, I would say that's, that's the biggest hurdle. And then I love to dance and I love good music. So I do play the songs that move me. And often I'm, I find myself in a situation, especially where private parties are concerned, where it's not necessarily my go-to genre. Um, but it's really a fun challenge to mix songs that, I'm not familiar with maybe I've never even heard before and and so that becomes my own challenge and to you know keep up the energy my favorite thing to do is like you know a big event like the pride festival when there was the entire street Mm. dancing and I had time to rehearse the set and so I feel like I'm not searching for songs when I'm doing it and it's my music from my heart sharing it with a street filled with people that exchange I mean it's like I'm laughing and tearing up and you know, it's those moments that I, uh, I just relish that like, this is why I was born to live, you know? Um, so experiencing that is very fun. And, uh, yeah, I just, I like the challenge. I like people. I like dressing up. I like music. I like parties. It's perfect. It's, uh, it's perfect for you. <laughs> Do you remember your first DJ gig? 
Oh, yeah. Can you tell us about it? Oh, yeah. Or do you want to? Sure. <laughs> so, you know, I heard myself say, you know, this is a relatively new venture for me, yeah. like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Two summers ago, not this last summer, but the summer before, I was directing a film, a dance film, and I heard myself say to the crew, if I could do it all over again, I'd be a DJ. Well, little did I know that a few months later, I would be a DJ. And I called up an event coordinator friend of mine, and I said, I'm a DJ. (laughs) (laughs) Were they surprised? No, he was very relieved because uh, a very well-known DJ had retired and moved away and there was a big void to fill. That's actually what inspired the idea. And so he said, okay, I have a gig for you. And I said, okay, I guess I'll... Guess I'll buy the equipment. <laughs> That's how the podcast started. <laughs> and, and the next thing I know, Wait, we bought equipment. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> I thought you just fell off a truck. And the next thing I know, I'm on a humongous stage at the Vintage for 600 people. Try no not, pressure there. Not trying not to freak out. Yacht Rock. I didn't quite know what Yacht Rock was yet. I mean, I learned that. I did learn. Um, luckily, those are the songs that, that I usually skipped over. <laughs> it's, it's an easy genre to learn. Once, yeah. once you figure out what Yacht Rock is, it's, yeah. it's easy to go. But I had a captain's hat. So that's all that matters. And that was. And, you know. Instant credibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, anyway, I don't want to brag, but I killed it. Oh. And, <laughs> and, um, of course you did. And, and I- interestingly enough, from that gig, I have had a tremendous amount of private parties, uh, you know, from, again, I think there's something amazing that happens. You do it every day, Patrick. When you share your joy and you're open with other people and then they get to, you know, be included in that and then people enjoy watching it it's like this it's a deeper thing you know it's a molecular exchange well i think you touched on it earlier uh about you know coming to palm springs to rediscover yourself and and find your authenticity i think people connect with people who are authentic oh yeah you know one of the things i'm i'm very lucky to do what i do because i i love it and, and you I, happen to be pretty darn good at well, it, if I do enough. say so myself. Not fishing for compliments, but I think you're all right. for, for you, <laughs> you, you found that. You, you've, you've Calm found it down. The, <laughs> oh, Randy, you're still here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How do you like my shirt, by the way? I do like it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it, you know, I think that's what you've discovered. And why it resonates. I mean, people can see how honest you are about the music you love and what you're doing on stage. You've done events at the new Acrisure Arena. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is, that's a huge venue. Talk a little bit about doing that. Well, you know, I played the pre-show for Harry Styles. I do a lot of, in fact, the next couple of days, uh, the Firebirds are in the playoffs. So I'm yep. going to be doing the all of the pre-game stuff for them uh, and, and then a lot of fun public skating events in the Iceplex. What a what an amazing addition to our community to have this in our backyard. The staff, I, I just love that group of people. And um, so it's, you know, it's, it's really fun. But again, it's like, I love 
you know, I, I love these opportunities and, and, and they're big opportunities, but even more than that and putting another cool thing on my resume are the relationships. You know, the, the solid relationships with really great people that we're all doing this together. Um, that's, that's what really motivates me. And I think that's what separates the, the people who are authentic from the people that come in here, flash in the pan, like, oh, I can rule this town. You know, that's, there's, why? Like, we have one life that we're aware of. I want to live it. I want to drink every drop out of it. I want to just have as much fun and as many memories as possible. So we are talking to DJ Mod Girl, the winner of the Desert Suns 2022 Best DJ in the Desert. <laughs> so you've obviously made an impact. I guess so. That's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you ha- have there been any situations where you've been standing on stage and you just think I I can't believe this. I can't believe I'm standing here. I can't believe I'm performing for these people. Yeah. Is that a regular occurrence for you? It really is. Uh, I, I love it so much. And I just feel so lucky that I, I get to do this, that I get to do what I love, what brings me joy, and actively participate and witness in other people's shared experience, you know, especially post-COVID. I think that there's a, an exuberance of and a, and a gratitude of being able to be together, come together, and dance together, and move together, and laugh together. It's uh, hopefully we don't take that for for granted. But you know, I also you should see me when I'm uh, you know mixing and recording my Sunday tea dance with KK. It's me, like believe it. I don't know how my neighbors feel about this, but my best time to mix really slamming house music <laughs> is like seven in the morning. I just, and you, I can I'm like, imagine how your neighbors feel about it. Well, they haven't said anything. I mean, I guess we have thick walls. Um, but you know, I'm sometimes in my nightgown just dancing and crying of joy that I, I love music. It affects me so deeply. I get to, choose it and mix it and find it and and share it and discover it and it's like and I trip out on this a lot music is something that we actually can live without it's not like air or water or food we can actually live without it but we can't live without it now the quality of life would be Next to zero without music. Yeah, and you know, all of my my years in working with millions and millions of children, as well as, you know, more recently doing big family events at the Living Desert, if I were to go and get my PhD, I think that my, uh, my dissertation would be on the innate connection that humans have with music. I see these little one-year-old kids who can barely stand. They don't know what is going on. They're attracted to my flashing lights and they just move. They innately move, not very gracefully, but still they are connected to the beat. And it's just amazing that we have this visceral response to this subjective waveform. Well, Are it's you not telling any- me that Dr. Hoopy didn't have a PhD? <laughs> 
Dr. Hoopy. Let's talk about that. Because I think DJ Mod Girl, that, as I've listened to your story, really, it's the evolution of what it you've is. been doing all along. Yeah. So let's go back to Dr. Hoopenstein. Yes, Dr. Hoopenstein is my alter ego, but she is retired. She is in a box in my attic. Um, so that is such a common story in this <laughs> valley. Yeah. Chief Andy Mills. No, she's just in a a plastic box, a nine ninety nine box from Big Lots. Anyway, um, yeah, I started Kid Tribe in two thousand one. And it was my reaction to the tragedy of 9-11. Prior to that, I was acting in L.A. And uh, I was the second runner-up for pretty much everything that broke uh, big, very big names in my, in my demographic. And uh, when I didn't get the Vulcan in the new Star Trek reboot, I had it. She's talking my tune there. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, all I uh, remember... Patrick is currently showing his tattoo of the Star Wars... It's on his wrist. It's on his wrist, folks. Star Trek. I'm Don't, so oh, yeah, sorry. Star Trek. All I remember... So what, what part was that? What it was... For Discovery? The girl with the bigger boobs got it. Um, Story of Hollywood. Yeah, right. Leonard Nimoy? No, it was the one with Scott Bakula. Oh, Enterprise, and Jolene Blaylock got the part. Uh-huh. All I remember is that I was at Paramount and I had my hair slicked back and I looked very Vulcan-y and I had watched every single movie and television show. Star Trek is very interesting because in the same moment, it's so bad and it's so, so good. good. Yes, you are like exactly the correct. the writing, the act, like it's, it's, and you can and once you start, you cannot stop. There's this element of camp that is inescapable. Yeah. But then there's this kernel of really something brilliant. Yes. And and I think that's kind of the genius and, uh, of Star Trek. It is. Rebel. And so, you know, my I know I'm jumping ahead, but I went on to create a really huge educational property for NASA, a, a whole hip-hop musical for NASA that teaches kids about the solar system. And through working with NASA and becoming friends with a lot of uh, astronauts, I met Nichelle Nichols, mm. and she shared the story of Gene Roddenberry's entire mission and the bigger picture. I mean, you want to talk about inclusivity and how she was saying how she doesn't want to do this because she's a real Shakespearean actress and, and how he was talking her into Star Trek by not only being a, a female uh, in charge, but, you know, a minority female. I mean, the, the the forward thinking. There's a very famous story. She was ready to quit the show after the first season. And Jean, of course, was working very hard to convince her not to. And Martin Luther King Jr. and she met and he said, you cannot quit the show. People wow. in 1967 need to see black people yeah. doing these things. Yeah. We, we need to be role models. And, and it, it's not that you're exceptional. It's like, this should be the norm. This should be what the future looks like. This should be what the present looks like. Right. And he convinced her. He talked her into staying in the role. Yeah, I heard that same story. Kidnap Kid Moments. That's one of the songs. Kidnap Kid Moments. Yeah. I wrote that down. Sad and beautiful. And it makes me cry every time I listen to it. I cry when I'm happy. What about if that song does it? <sighs> All of it. The, the driving rhythm... 
the way that the chords just haunt your melancholy heart the lyrics that just it's it's that it's that it's that beauty of life that's the sad part that like you love and you and you lose um and you keep going what was your first concert well my first concert with my parents was the beach boys it's a good one yeah, I love the Beach Boys. I just opened for the Beach Boys at uh, a, well, there was only one boy, and he's Lefty. very much not a boy anymore, but <laughs> but it was awesome, and it was filled with nostalgia, and it was great for a private party up in Bighorn. Um, my first concert without my parents was in excess. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one it to go to. It was a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love concerts. I do, too. Have you been any to the new arena? Yeah, well, most recently, Harry Styles. That's Boy, you opened for Harry right. Styles. Open for Harry Boy, Styles. does that kid just fill a, fill a stadium with love. And what does it mean to this valley that Harry Styles spent his birthday and the final show of his tour here in Coachella Valley? Well, I think it means a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, look at the artists that are coming. Mean, Madonna's just signed up to extend her tour. Lizzo I mean, is coming. Madonna. Madonna. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Tears for Fears, maybe not as amazing, but very cool. Oh, no. Very cool. For those cool. of us who All grew up in it. the 80s. And you know, it makes sense because... John I, I knows that's my favorite band. Oh, is it? I... Do you want Patrick to rule knows. the world? Because they say everybody he does. does. Randy wants to rule the world with an iron fist. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a lot of metaphors there. <laughs> I read of something when I was studying on you, you two. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> silent Disco. Yeah. What's that about? Um, and is it still going on? It is because Palm Springs has really rough noise ordinances. Bye-bye at 10 o'clock. Yep. Um, silent discos are very cool and they have been catching on. Um, it's really fun. It's like the dorkiest, coolest thing you can do. You put on these headphones and in some cases, uh, you can have multiple DJs and so you can people switch are, different channels. And our people are listening to different things. Yeah. Amidst the, yeah. But sometimes, you know, it's just one DJ. And, but here's the problem with silent discos <laughs> that maybe you can't hear the music, but people are singing along and not well. <laughs> so for all the passers-by, it's not that good. And the idea was for <laughs> silence, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you hear like a lot of tennis shoes squeaking and a lot of... <laughs> Semi-silent disco. Yeah. Tone-deaf disco. <laughs> and, but it's very... It's tricky to mix because... Um, the the monitor is headphones, but then when you're a DJ and you're mixing, your your ability to mix and not have the audience hear what you're prepping and what you're beat matching are headphones, and so it's kind of at least for me, unless there is a, a technique that I haven't figured out yet. You just use the force and mix blind and like just trust it and hit it on the one. (laughs) Working without a net. Yeah, which is fun. I like that. That's got to be pretty exciting though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, with with the digital, I'm a digital DJ. I really, really respect people who uh, are adept at vinyl. You're not out there scratching? No, I mean, just maybe scratching my arm. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm an itch. Um, when you got started doing this, who were your examples? Who were you looking to? Well, again, I love house music. So I come from loving the likes of like old school, like Roger Sanchez and Carl Cox and Pete Tong and uh, Mark Farina and Mark Brickman and, you know, too many DJs and, uh, you know, so the likes of, uh, of that. Um, and... I've always had DJ friends and you know I kind of on one hand wish that I had started a long time ago and on the other hand it's like we're here now and I'm in the right place right time and just and those experiences got you here absolutely I'm having a ball and I just feel extremely grateful that I've been so embraced by the community and you know and and my clients and uh, you know, I, I definitely work work hard. Uh, you do work hard. I've watched you pull in the equipment oh and my haul gosh. it out. And, and, yeah, you know, it's it, not glamorous. Really, yeah, no, there's <laughs> an unglamorous like, side to it. I'm a wiggle dress crawling around, <laughs> taping the floor of the casino. But, you know, you look you, you look at DJ Mod. <laughs> and a f- casino floor has got to be a really cool I don't thing wanna, to crawl I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I think DJ Mod Girl is maybe could only happen here. I know. Again, bringing it back. If I can make it here. <laughs> make it anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's special. The, it's the synergy of this town and the energy you bring to it. So. Yeah, I think so. And I think my, uh, my, my grandfather, my pop, who I'm talking about, I think he might have had something to do with it, too. Yeah? Yeah. Just hanging out in Tommy Dorsey's old house. Right. Yeah. I'm going to buy that house one day. What's coming up for you next? A million, zillion dollars. Coming up for me next is the summer. So um, I have a few residencies. You know, things do chill out. I was up to like two, sometimes three events a A day. day. Holy cow. I know. (laughs) Um, And so this summer, I I have like three or four residencies. I'm the resident DJ at the Rowan. We're adding a night, Thursday night, so that we can... Uh, have fun during the uh, the street fair. Yeah. And capture some of those people who are walking by the street fair or coming from the free event at the uh, at the art museum. And then I've got my Fridays at the Rowan uh, for their happy hour, four to seven. And uh, talking to a couple of venues about a weekly pool party on Saturday. Um, you know, some some tea dance, live tea dances uh, on on Sundays, and then my K Gay radio show. And what I'm tell people d- when they can hear you on K Gay. Sure, K Gay one hundred six point five. I'm on every Sunday from four to six p.m. And if you don't have that on your dial, you can live stream it on kgaypalmsprings.com as well as you can find it on iHeartRadio. KG has a, a station on iHeart. And um, I'm going to be making a lot of mixes uh, so that they can just go up on SoundCloud and MixCloud and people can can hear them and play them at their party or, you know, it'll help also serve as a way for other venues and and bigger things like, you know, Coachella, hint, hint. <laughs> and Where aside, is he? Aside from KK, how can people contact if, if someone wants to bring Mo- DJ Mod Girl to their private event or their big event? 
How do they find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram is a great place, and that's at DJ Mod Girl. Same with Facebook, um, and then DJModGirl.com, and there's a little message me submission thing, and I get an email, and we can coordinate through there. Or I you can find my phone number on the bathroom wall at Little Bar. <laughs> and that was nice of you to put that in calligraphy, I, Patrick. Um, <laughs> your handwriting's terrible. I wanted it to be legible. That's all. <laughs> I I um. Read something about the fact that at one point you were considering a poolside talk show. Oh, yeah. Are you still thinking about that? I sure am. Because you'd be amazing at that. That's kind of, you know, I'm not joking when I say I want Patrick's job. It looks wow, easy to do, <laughs> doesn't it? Just look right over at me. I feel really uncomfortable now. Um, yeah, I it's in the works. Little Bar was a safe place for me, but... <laughs> well, I'm retired, so she doesn't want my job. Yeah, Everybody actually, wants I, your job, Randy. Yeah. Retired, that would be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still in the works. I, you know, in all honesty, when I started this Mod Girl venture, I thought it would be fun. I thought it would get, you know, bring in some extra shoe money. I had no idea that I was going to be strapped to a rocket ship that would take off. So some of my other ventures and, you know, have, have, have taken a back seat, although I am still right smack dab in the middle of some production. Uh, I'm currently writing, directing, producing a, another children's PBS show. So that's happening at the same time. I... You look uh, remarkable for somebody who probably sleeps two or three hours no, a day. No, I sleep. I have two modes, full blast and off. <laughs> and so when I'm off, I am off. But when I'm full blast, I, I really am. I work pretty quickly. And, um, you know, it's not stressful, but there's, I, I, there's an intensity. Like if I could really do it all over again, I think I'd be a Formula One race car driver. <laughs> You know, there are no radios in those cars. You can't listen to music when you're doing it. Oddly enough, <laughs> I, a lot of times when I'm home, my house is very quiet. I, I really do enjoy utter and complete si silence. I totally get that. When I'm at work, I always have the broadcast in my ear. Uh, and when I do my radio show, it's the same. So sometimes at home, it's just nice to hear the quiet. And my wife says that. Frequently. That's why she sends you out of yeah, the house. It would be nice if we could have some quiet. Yeah, could you please go to the beer hunter and stop bothering us? <laughs> this has been a fantastic time. I am so glad you invited DJ Kelly. Mod Girl onto the show. Now, when we first started talking about doing this podcast, and, and again, like the idea initially was kind of more music-oriented, you immediately popped into my mind because obviously what you do is so music-centric. But I think the story is fascinating, and I, I love that you kind of blew into town and then kind of figured it out. And, and, and you know, I don't know if I figured it out. I don't think I'll ever feel like I figured it out. I think I've just allowed, like allowed one thing to come. You know, there's just a level of trust. But see, I think I think that is figuring out because oh, okay. I think some people blow into town. As you said, they come in like, I'm going to just take over this town. And, uh, but sometimes you have to, and like Palm Springs, this Coachella Valley will send you signals. Where should you be and what you should be Agreed. doing? Yeah. Agreed. 
I think you listened to that, and it's really paid great dividends. You're a terrific guest. Well, thank you. And, you know, the other thing I love about here is I come from a much larger market, L.A., where you have a lot of anonymity, and you can walk around and be a jerk and have no consequences. There's something about a level of community responsibility, uh, whether you're, you know, a person visiting or someone like yourself, an influential member of the community, where it hopefully um, inspires and requires you to be the best version of yourself and really be a community member and be kind and be professional and be accountable. And, um, you know, because let's be honest, when I... uh, speed through that red light my mom gets a call and so do i so (laughs) it's a small town i don't speed through red lights i don't i don't i stop there's more accountability here than in in los angeles yeah i i i like that you know and i think it just brings out the best version of ourselves well so many of the guests we said we really have to have you back but with her we really we really have because we have like 10 Unanswered. We have like a lot of. Well, we've given you homework. Okay, good. No, I think I've given you, you homework. <laughs> God, I hate homework. Th- thank you. Patrick is trying to end this, so let's I'm listen. I'm not trying to end okay. <laughs> His drink's done. Yeah. Um, and at some point, I'll relinquish my job, but no time soon. Okay. Will you share it? Will you co host with me? Two eyes on the desert. Two eyes on the desert. Four eyes. <laughs> Kelly, thanks for being here. <laughs> Four eyes. Thank you for being here with us today. I am so excited to finally meet you and, and, and see the woman behind the DJ Mod Girl. Oh, thank it's you really so much. great. What, an, what a lovely afternoon. Thank you. Drink, please. I want to thank John <laughs> McMullen, our producer, engineer extraordinaire, and this other guy who sometimes forgets I'm sitting next to him. I want to <laughs> remind him today. Patrick Evans, I'm still Randy Florence. Here. He's still here. Couldn't do this without you. It's so much fun. It, it was really your idea. Thank you. When the checks start coming in, remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's a full 70-30 split, and you're going to love your 30%. Thank you for being with us on Big Conversations, a little bar from the center of the Coachella Valley universe. Thanks for listening to Big Conversations, a little bar. Join Randy and Patrick next time as we keep the conversation going right here on Big Conversations, little bar. (laughs) 